0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style That Finds Us podcast. We are very excited to welcome Kate Shelter on our show today. Kate has worked as a celebrity stylist, illustrator, artist, and designer. She's the author of Classic Style, a book that both of us thoroughly enjoyed reading. And we just had to have her on the podcast. Thank you for being here, Kate. Thank you, Delia. Thank you, Allison. I'm excited to be here. Will you start by telling us how your book, Classic Style, came about?
1: It came about. Um, I was about 15 years into my career of living in New York City um, as a stylist and a designer and art director, working in the fashion industry, and. I had a very natural pivot in my career um, where I had always painted while I was on vacation, or as a hobby, and I started, friends of mine who worked in the fashion industry started to notice my artwork. Um, I think I had some pictures hanging up around the house, nothing crazy, Um, and then instead of, then I slowly switched while I was pregnant with my first daughter to painting at our kitchen table for clients that were in the fashion industry. So I went from being a stylist and art director and I added Illustrator into that mix and I started getting commissions. I started working with a website called Romy and the Bunnies with my friend Julia Mm Reston-Reutfeld. And it was very natural and very organic. And then I just sort of, Didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really have a strategy for, I was just following my heart and following the brushstrokes that came out of my fingertips and was just painting things that I loved. And it was about the same time that I started using Instagram. It was very new. It was back when Instagram was still a chronological order only. And I was sort of documenting the process as I was going along, like a painting here you know, this is a bikini that I love. This is a pair of sunglasses that I love that I own. And I just started painting everything that was around me. It caught the attention of um, a gallery. I had my first show in New York city of framed artwork and it almost sold out. And from there, an agent, David Kuhn, contacted me and said, I don't know what the book is, but you have a book inside of you. (laughs) Let's literally just get all the images from your Instagram. And we went and met with all the publishing houses and editors and just sort of talked it out over different conference tables. Um, Me showing up with just, you know, some visuals and some ideas, which I always have a lot of, and they auctioned the book. And I ended up going with Grand Central, Life and Style, with an amazing editor, Brittany McEnany. So that's how it came about.
2: Thank goodness it did. That's so great. You didn't even have It any... was a
1: very unconventional route, right. I understand now. I had a very positive publishing experience that just sort of unfolded in front of my eyes in the very best way possible.
2: Exactly. That's so lucky. And thank goodness... It did come about. We loved reading about how your mother has had such a strong influence on you in terms of her style. Will you tell us a little more about it? It wasn't exactly what you would call preppy. Right.
1: I think there's this thing where it's more classic than preppy. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes preppy and classic overlap because um preppy is often what's been around for a while but my mom always sort of you know she she would get dressed up when she had meetings with clients and things like that she was an interior designer and an artist herself but she wasn't getting you know oh we have to go and get the fanciest thing or the latest thing um Mm
2: -hmm.
1: she often would Repurposed things that had been in her closet for decades. Mm -hmm. And as long as I've known her, she's always worn striped shirts, you know, khaki pants, Mm -hmm. just really simple. I remember she bought, she splurged and bought a Michael Kors jacket back when Michael Kors was just like starting right right Um, but she was not about like the latest designer shoe and handbag she was much more resourceful than that and took me to consignment shops and um there's a great thrift store in the neighborhood where I grew up called the clothes closet and she would always say like she'd find just amazing things there and so my my style really came from I'm the youngest of four children so I had hand-me-downs mostly i love it um it wasn't until high school where i started buying you know requesting new clothes <laughs> mm-hmm. because whether it was from friends i get great hand-me-downs from friends and family and um it forced me to be very resourceful right. and I was sort of like scrappy and just kind of putting things together it was much more of a an art project Right. This sort of a resourcefulness that was my foundation of clothes. And I just always loved clothes. I loved the fantasy. I loved the idea that you could change, you know, mm-hmm. this, you could create these characters in your imagination of like who wore what. Right. Dressing different characters. And that's what I loved about magazine and editorial photo shoots. Sure. Is that it was just like this whole fantasy world for me. And the biggest thing was, you know, getting dressed up and then having a place to go.
2: <laughs> right,
0: exactly.
1: And the way, it wasn't until I lived in Los Angeles out when I graduated from college. And then um, I also lived in Europe a little bit. Mm-hmm. And mostly when I moved to New York where I finally had a place to go. <laughs> which right,
2: exactly.
1: Fashion exactly. events, nightclubs. Sure. Or just street style, you know, because there's just such a yes. big of people walking around
2: absolutely and you were working in the fashion industry too so you you had the chance to to be an individual in your office situation as well I would think yes yes, yes. that makes me think about one night when uh when Delia was going to a party I can't she'll remember what party it was but she said what what should I wear and I was like I think we should go for like the Mick Jagger vibe and she had gotten this um Bianca Bianca well <laughs> that's the same but anyway she had gotten this YSL vintage like feather bolero jacket at this uh, shop in San Francisco and so uh, she, so she wore that and she wore she, you know maybe a, a bodysuit and some you know high heels boots or whatever She she remembers more what we put together but you know you can only imagine how she felt when she went out that night she was badass you know she had on her all of her gear playing this role in her head of being Bianca Jagger and taking on the world. So that is the power of clothes for sure.
1: Yeah. And I always would, I always say when you're a little bit nervous to leave the house, that's (laughs) when you look great because you're, you're like stepping into like this higher it's like the higher self of fashion, right. like you're taking a risk, you're, yes. you don't look like everybody else, like you're you're trying on a persona.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's sort of when it's most interesting when you're kind of like a little bit nervous.
2: right, and kind of feel a little powerful.
0: Exactly.
2: Kind of-
1: Step into your power.
2: Right.
0: Kate, will you tell us how you figured out your own personal style aesthetic? So starting with your mother as influence, and then how did you come into your own with style?
1: Just experimentation, constant experimentation, wearing everything under the sun, making mistakes. But mostly it comes down to what works for your body type, what works for your... yes your coloring, you know, like green might look great on somebody and purple might look great on somebody. But for me, I found like which colors worked great with my, um, with me, both with what I love. And then you just find certain cuts that are flattering. Um, I think you have to serve your body and your lifestyle first. right? Um, and of course, you can certainly break those rules a million different ways, but that's sort of, it was just trial and error. And then not to mention, you know, living in New York city as a stylist, having access to PR departments to every designer. So there were dresses coming and going from my studio on a daily basis mm-hmm. that I could borrow from designers and then wear out that night and then return the next day.
2: Right. <laughs> so, Yes. Not
1: only did I have that for work where I was pulling dresses and accessories for clients, but I could use it in, for my own use occasionally. You know, sure. if it, was, if it was a big event. So I had, you know, the free fashion box, fashion closet. right, right. In it. But in the end, I would have these big purge periods where I would archive some things in my wardrobe and then I would decide, like, I'm going to sell a bunch of things. And I would really always come back to a few things that were very simple.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So that's sort of like the classic style filter Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, my closet now, I do have fabulous dresses that I've owned for 20 years and stuff that I'm not wearing necessarily on a daily basis. Right. But I know that if I need to pull something together, I still have my toolbox of like the classic pieces that work for me.
2: Absolutely. Definitely. I work with women in their closets every day and that's, you know, they might like a trend and we talk about how they could incorporate it. But for the most part, it's most definitely your body type, your lifestyle, you know, your budget, what you already have in your closet. Um, Yeah. And people say,
1: you know, dress, dress for the life that you want to have dress for the job that you want to have. Right. Um, And I definitely believe in the power of that. There's something uh, confidence building about that. And again, I don't think it comes so much for being like, oh, well, I have to have on something expensive. It's more about self-expression and having the confidence to really be who you are and therefore wear what you want to wear. And I think that that is a really strong statement one can make in their life and their career.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. I have a lot of clients that come to me and they've gotten the promotion and they just want to feel like... Other people see them as someone who who can sit at their table, sort of thing, even as a you know a grown woman. But it's always interesting when you can help them learn to match their insides with their outsides. Exactly, a remarkable exactly. experience. It really is.
1: It is. It's a, that's sort of a full circle moment when we can feel freedom in our expression.
2: Right. Exactly. And so many people, well, we'll get to the shoulds and the want tos later. Okay. In your opinion, what makes something timeless?
1: Basically something that you've had for a long time or that's existed for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I have pieces in my wardrobe that I've had for 20 years um, I also have brand new pieces that are silhouettes that have existed for hundreds of years. You know, a beautiful camel overcoat with a, in a beautiful cut is something that you can still buy new, but it is the silhouette that's existed for a long time. Yes. And I think there's a distinction between being classic and being like costume because something could also, you know, you don't want to look like you're stepping off the set of Downton Abbey. Right. That's, that's you know, the look you're exactly. going to. Right, exactly. Could certainly make that more modern. I think classic is when something feels effortless, when something feels timeless, and when something feels inherently you. Right. Like, oh, only Allison could wear this or only right. do could pull this off. Right. Um, you look, you look fabulous because you look like yourself.
2: Exactly. That's, that's so true. Um, I just was in this article. The idea was talk to us about the comparison with Elizabeth James and the parent trap and princess Diana, their style. And the more I thought about it, I know, because I have my clients ask me this all the time. My answer was, those are basic pieces and obviously a lot of times with basic pieces you need to have the best quality you can have but it's also very much the difference between frumpy and unbelievably chic is the way you wear it you know it's it's mm-hmm. everything it's not just like a button down and jeans and a loafer can look very unkempt or it can look like how does she do that you know and- yeah
1: often I would say finding a good tailor and having the right I mean. fit and you know designer brands are known for the way they cut cloth exactly and those little you know an inch here an inch there yeah. and button here like all that can make a huge difference and exactly. usually the more simple it is the more sophisticated it has to be
2: totally
1: in the fit
2: yes. um, yeah Correct. Right.
1: Yeah, and I have this thing in the book in classic style where I talk about the uniform that doesn't conform is the best pieces that suit oneself and one's lifestyle, and to just wear variations on a theme over and over and over again so people come to know what to expect from you. And you can obviously change that up every now and then. Mm-hmm. But it makes getting dressed so much easier and you're always looking your best versus mm-hmm. like trying to figure out, you know, a different pant length or width or a different right. shirt cut or whatever. So it's it's always good to err on the side of leaning on those fundamental classic pieces in your wardrobe that really, really work for you versus mm-hmm. feeling like you have to experiment every single day you know, unless sure. experimentation is what you're into,
2: right? And you have <laughs> plenty of time. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly.
2: But the idea
1: that. is that you want to spend less time right. you know, questioning and more time living and doing.
2: Exactly. And being. Right. It's like um. If my mother is having people to dinner and she says I'm trying out a new recipe, and I'm always like, "Oh God, why are you doing that now?" Because you have these great recipes, you know. You have to. Yeah. It usually turns out great, but you know that's kind of the same thing. You have something big that, yeah, has-
1: like our our uniform is our superwoman cape. Yeah, it takes us where we want to be. It's not like you have to be a slave to that. <laughs> you right. want to right. be free,
2: right? But yeah, think it through, you know, with your time, how much time you have and and what you're, what you're doing that day too. Right. um, It's wonderful to have things you can count on like that. I feel like that too. I feel like women that I work with are women of substance and what they really want is to have something that feels like them, that looks good and they can go out and live, you know, important lives and make a difference in the world and not uh, have to worry about that part.
0: Right. So Kate, for our listeners who are not familiar with the inside world of celebrity styling and working at a magazine and editorial, will you give us the inside scoop on what that life is like?
1: Sure. Yeah, when I first moved to New York, my first job was uh, working at Vogue. I was actually a photographer and I covered street style, which was basically covering what people what all the editors and stylists wore to the fashion shows. So rather, and also what models were wearing backstage. So rather than covering what was coming down the runway, I was covering how people really dressed, Mm -hmm. which was fascinating and really fun and fast paced. And I had access front row backstage to, you know, every fashion show in New York city. And I covered shows in Paris as well. And as a celebrity stylist, whether it's for a photo shoot for a magazine or for a red carpet event, you are hired to dress the celebrity or the model for a specific look. Um, If it's an event, you pull dresses from fashion houses through their PR departments and you use samples. And sometimes, it's a very important person or a very important event you can take things from the store or things will be made for them or shipped from Europe if the designer's European and then you have a fitting with the person and then you're there on site dressing them at the photo shoot or before they hit the red carpet so sometimes my job also involves hiring the hair and makeup to try to do that but it's when it's, you're dressing someone for the red carpet, you're literally responsible for, like, the Band-Aids that they have to put on their heel, the <laughs> blister, in their shoe, you have to get the right bra, the right mm-hmm. underpinnings, you know, all, all those sizes and everything to make sure that the entire look mm-hmm. is packed and perfect. And I would travel to Los Angeles sometimes for events, for the clients, and it meant you know, arriving separately from my client. And then sometimes I'd have to take the garment to be steamed at a dry cleaner or something like that before I had the fitting because you have to unpack the garment. But I would always pack everything in a garment bag. like the bra, the underwear, you know, the stockings, the, you know, whatever underpinnings you're wearing, everything was in that garment bag and mm-hmm. right there. So it's basically for photo shoots, sometimes you're dressing multiple people and you're always trying to communicate a message, whether it's the color story or a lifestyle story. And by color story, I mean the color of the garments. Like if you're expressing camel coats or red party dresses or whatever, you're always trying to tell a story that's new and different. And so you're, it could be everything from, you know, rolling the sleeve up on a, on a shirt, Mm -hmm. on someone's arm so that it looks a certain way or how many buttons or
0: Mm
2: -hmm. do we
1: clip the shirt in the back so that for the actual photograph it looks like this shape even if in real life it's another shape right so it's sort of being the artist that shapes the clothes where the clothes are sort of malleable, and the photograph is a you know a flat surface in the end that has a composition to it and you're sort of going in there and tweaking things to make sure that the photograph looks the best.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. I know it's a lot of fun, but it's probably pretty stressful too.
1: Yeah, usually as a stylist on shoot, you know, you're in sneakers and you have a kit with clips sure. and lint rollers and exactly. safety <laughs> pins and a seamstress. Big and, big <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 sort of more manual labor. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> a lot exactly. of heavy lifting of garment bags and sure. things and all that.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Everything that goes on behind the scenes, basically. Yes, something I alluded to earlier. We loved how you mentioned the should versus want, and how you're all about living life and creating the one that you enjoy. And that, this is what you were talking about in the book, and it really resonated with me. You were in between Delia and me in age, but I grew up. I'm sixty, so I grew up with a lot of should things that were, uh, you know, should and should not, and now I'm learning to explore. Well, thanks to Julia, she would always ask me, but why not? I don't understand why you can't do that. Well, it's just not done. You know, well, I don't understand that. You know, and then it was kind of a pressure to say, oh, then I, now I'm going to have to do it because I'm the mother, you know. So I learned how to do things actually in a reverse way, you know, from my daughter, not understanding, you know, the meaning of should necessarily. So can you expand on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I wrote that part of the book, you know, when I wrote the book and I illustrated the book, mm-hmm. it was building upon things and adding things as I went along. I mean, there I didn't necessarily have like an outline for a book necessarily. I just sort of wrote, 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 and then we yeah. kind of created a format for it. And I put that in because it became clear to me that it was something that I sort of took for granted because I do have confidence about what i want to do but i realize that a lot of other people need that extra encouragement and that this is actually like a much larger issue right or not an issue but this is a this is a way that one can live their life in a much larger way than just dressing but
2: like do
1: things in life where you feel like you should it's usually attached to an obligation or a feeling of resentment
2: Or fear, yeah.
1: Or fear, and it's basically not the best place to come from in your living your life. And if you do something that you want to do, then you're gonna show up joyful and present Mm -hmm. and excited and curious and wanting to experiment and learn. So I just think like just from the get go, just flush the should down the toilet because. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't get you where you want to be. It keeps you in a place where you feel pressured to be or do something right. that is not authentic to who you are or what you really want. And if you follow your dreams, I love this idea that design is another word for dream
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, In that if you can create something that you can see, then you're really living like an exciting life. Mm-hmm. Um, that is authentic to who you are. And it can also be scary and intimidating, but it's a different kind of fear. It's a, it's a different kind of fear than just being like, Oh, I'm afraid to try that. It's more like challenging yourself in the best way possible to push boundaries. Right. And basically live life according to yourself Mm -hmm. and your own desires, rather than trying to please you know, a family member or a friend, or an industry, mm-hmm. or someone that you don't even know. It's, a, it's always follow your own heart. Definitely,
2: it's really hard to do for so many of us, especially as women. But you're right. I mean, it's your life is. So it is,
1: better. but there's a there's a movement going on right yes. now in the world that, right. you know, it's funny. It's like I, it's not that I forgot that I wrote that in my book, but I mm. look back at that and I think. That's really, really relevant in today's world.
2: Exactly.
1: And that's taking the idea of like how you dress to that next level of like how you want to live your life and what you want to do in this world and the contribution you want and realizing that like who you are matters and what you do matters. And if you can have just like the smallest kindling of passion and following your desires and your dreams, like you are going to, inspire other women in right. that process. And you are going to inspire yourself and you're going to surprise yourself at how much you can do and where your life will go. And it's exciting because it's a sense of discovery versus like, Oh, I'm going to be doing the same thing that my friend did five years ago, or the same thing that my mom did. And you know, it's, it's right. an exciting moment of just complete invention or right. reinvention.
2: Right, and and a whole another aspect of that is learning that taking care of yourself and doing what you want to do is not selfish. Exactly. And that's hard.
1: Yeah, there's a great book I'm reading right now called by Allison Br- uh, No, no, it's <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> It's by Eve Rodsky and it's called Find Your Unicorn Space, Reclaim Your Creative Life in a Too Busy World. But it's the same idea that I was writing about, you know, my medium, my my tools that were getting me there were fashion related. Yes. But there's so many different industries and mediums that can get you to that place where you're in that zone of like flow and excitement. And for me, it was like landing in Paris as a photographer for Vogue. And, you know, they don't tell you how to do your job. They just put you there in a hotel and they say, okay, here's some shows you have to cover. But like, you have to show up. And in that case, I had to show up wearing, I I used to dress up almost as much as, you know, the people that I was shooting. And I would show up as a photographer in high heels
2: in a YSL
1: jumpsuit. Um, right. Whatever, wearing a crazy fur hat, and that was my choice. You know, I didn't want to be a photographer that was like in the fashion pit wearing right. black right. Wearing shoes and yeah. Um, right. So it's like you know, and that's the exciting. Those are like the moments in life that we hold on to because you're they're exhilarating and they're exciting and you feel alive. So I'm all about clothes. Mm-hmm helping be that vehicle to have you show up to your life.
2: Totally. It's much deeper than the clothes. It's, it's a, it's almost a metaphor for life sometimes, you know, right. All of these things are the deeper meaning behind what you were writing about as, as far as like taking chances with clothes or wearing what you want and all that kind of stuff. That's really, you know, you didn't even probably realize it necessarily when you're writing it, how, um, how deep a message that can be
0: exactly exactly Kate what's
1: next for you what's next for me is I am can we just moved studios and so I have that's very inspiring and I have an amazing collaboration coming out with um, Lake Pajamas
2: oh we and, that too and, they just sent us a pair we love them
1: Oh really? Yeah, they're amazing. They're so soft. They are. So we're doing um, we're doing an exclusive print oh, cute. with them that's going to be launching for Valentine's Day, but it will be available um, sooner than that. Oh, good. And I'm also working on my own fabric and wall covering line for the Kate Shelter line.
2: Oh, that's exciting.
1: Yeah. So I am trying to basically reupholster all furniture and my own <laughs> fabrics and things like that. And the idea is taking the art. The art is leaping from the page mm-hmm. to the walls and to the furniture and to the environment. So. Right.
2: right. That's so cute. And it's so hard to find fabric now anyway, or to find someone who reupholsters. So I think that's fabulous.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, again, it's like reinventing your house. Reinventing right. furniture. It's, um, I think, The idea of home and creating a safe space for oneself to feel authentic and have it be a launch pad for all your dreams and life you want to live is definitely what I'm very passionate about these days.
2: Yeah, that's so true. Style extends from not merely what you're wearing, but into your entire, how you live your life and what you surround. Yeah,
1: instead of writing the book, Classic Home, I'm actually... Making it in three three dimensions. <laughs> oh,
2: that's wonderful. I can't, we can't wait to see that. Yes. Well, we really encourage our listeners to read the book classic style because we've only touched the tip top of the surface of all of the great information. And um, advice about how to start you know, dress, style yourself in a classic way, and all of the um, all the other concepts that you touch on in the book. So we want to thank you so much for being with us. And Delia, we will have a link to where they can buy the book.
1: Classic style is available wherever books are sold, and obviously that means Amazon as well. Mm -hmm. And I also have a line of paper products and stationery that go with the book. Oh, great. Um, So people can find it there. They can find it on my website, which is kateshelter.com or my Instagram at kateshelter.
2: Great. Lots of good places. All right. Well, thank you so very much for joining. Thank
0: you, Delia. Thank you, Allison. We are going to create a shoppable blog post. So if you go to the style that binds this website, the blog section, we're going to have a link to Kate's book, Classic Style. And also we're going to have a shoppable selection of classic pieces. All those fabulous pieces that Kate talks about in the book, in case you want to make sure you have all of the things, if you want to dress in a classic way. And we can also link to the other book Kate was talking about called Unicorn Space. Thank you, everyone. See you next time. Thank you for tuning into this episode on the Style That Finds Us podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe. You can be a part of growing with us. Also, do you know about our weekly newsletter? You'll get access to exclusive content in our newsletter that we don't post anywhere
2: else. Our newsletter comes out every Tuesday with the exception of the third Thursday of the month for Allison's special Celebrating Life After 40 edition. Head to the bottom of the Style That Us website to subscribe.